And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. What's up, hustlers? Welcome back. This is Andrew Morgans, your host from Marknology here on the Startup Hustle. Um, my guest today on the show, Zane Callister, uh, a little description and background on Zane. He's a Kansas City native and the creator of Young Collective. Zane is no stranger to songwriting. His music allows the listeners to escape the realistic confines of our world and be taken to other places without restrictions, walls, and gravity. Each of his tracks exists to put the listener in a place of excitement, exploration, adventure, and clarity. It's beautifully written. And for anyone else listening, uh, me and Zane go way, way back. I think we're going to have fun on today's show just talking about some of the past and how I see some of our past, like, uh, you know, creeping into what I'm doing today and it's part mm-hmm. in what we're doing today and the kind of thinking. And right before the the tape started rolling, we were talking about coming into his studio and talking to some of his, uh, you know, his artists, his technicians on ways that they can get systemized and scale their business. So um, we're going to have a lot of fun today talking about a lot of stuff. Yeah. Our, but Zane, before I, before I, I let you take over, I uh, just want to give a shout out quickly to our sponsor for today's show. Um, today's episode of Startup Puzzle is sponsored by GEWKC, or for anyone knows, Global Entrepreneur Week taking place here in Kansas City, uh, November 16th through the 20th. So if you're in Kansas City, mark that on your calendars. Um, you're gonna wanna you're gonna wanna go there, go learn about GEW, register for all the things happening. Uh, two years ago, I I had uh. I think it was three years ago, actually. It's time flies. Three years ago, I went to Global Entrepreneur Week. Uh, I saw some of the brands I was even working with speaking there and was like, you know, I challenged myself. Like next year, I'm going to speak uh, at Global Entrepreneur Week because I think I could give a lot back to Kansas City. And I used to get even scared talking up there. But uh, three years ago, I went. Two years ago, I spoke. Um, and I've been involved with Global Entrepreneur Week uh ever since talking about storytelling branding e-commerce if you guys are wanting to be entrepreneurs this is honestly the best i think the best free event going on each year you get whether it's the speakers or it's the other people there attending it's just really great and it's a a, a positive environment that being said i love global entrepreneur Entrepreneur week zane say hello to everyone hi everybody Uh, welcome to the show dude thanks for having me on I love when you even, dude, my memories jog so hard when you're like, we've known each other for a minute. It's been a minute. Uh, you know, I tried out for our last chance, which was uh, dude, in 07. In 07. So I don't think. Uh, you still with me? It's been. Yeah, I'm there. Okay. Uh, it's been 07. I tried out for. Uh, uh, our last chance uh, off a of Craigslist, a Craigslist ad when I moved Dude, from Hawaii. What a gift. Uh, yeah, we've been connected ever since. Zane was in a, it's kind of like the Amazon space in regards to, we were like competitive bands, sure. Sure. You know, trying to get shows and, and budgets and opportunities, but at the same time, colleagues, 
you know, mm, and friends absolutely. and absolutely. Uh, in the Amazon space, it's been a lot like that. Yeah, like, that's cool. Uh, there's not there's competitors, but it with an abundance mindset, there's so much to go around. I really that's amazing. A lot of our competitors as being colleagues, and you know, we just share and yeah. talk about ways to win. And absolutely, yeah, no yeah, scarcity so, mentality here. So, when did you? Uh, let's go back down uh, memory lane a little bit. So, sure. uh, you're were you in? Did you join a band right out of high school? So I got the opportunity to play with some bands in high school. You know, we didn't know what we were doing. We we're just kids. Like, uh, never played. My first show was my freshman year of college. So I was a little bit of a late bloomer. Like, I would play at stuff. Like, our school would always, like, have me, like, play guitar at, like, you know, assemblies and stuff like that. I'd play the national anthem at, like, a football game. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. stuff like that. But I didn't start actually playing live till really my freshman year of college. Okay. So that would have been 2007. Yeah, it's like you met me right when this whole thing started. It's just crazy. So we were in Christian hardcore bands. For anyone it's listening, a, we were really thought, cool. You thought this was meta? It gets more meta. So. It was. It was like the best times of my life. Honestly, like it was tough because we were sure. so poor. Sure. Uh, you know, we were so poor. I think yeah. like at one point six or eight people living in a house. Right. Uh, you know, so. we roughed it. Yeah. But it taught me so, so much. Okay, Wouldn't trade so, it. so freshman year, you're playing music. How yeah. long did you play tour like with that project or those projects? Um, Dude, I, you know, before you yeah. kind of put the put that down. So I had jumped around uh, a bunch of local type bands and like I think I always kind of knew I wanted to do something on a like a more grand scale. Um for me then, you know, it's like the, and you know, this with any project or any business, like scaling, right? Like for me, it was, okay, I've, I want to play shows. Okay. Now I'm playing shows. Okay. I want to play shows an hour away. Okay. Mm-hmm. I did that. And then it's like, what if I like, didn't come home after my show and like, I went to another show, you know, or something like that. And so the tour dragon. Yeah. And then you're touring, you know, and then I think like the second I realized I didn't need like a labels permission to do that. I was like, I just need people who are willing to let me do that with them or to do for them to do it with me. Uh, so that kept me busy. Uh, I was in and out of college because, um, yeah, I, I went to Iowa State because right out of high school because I was like, man, I'm never going to make a living playing music. Mm-hmm. So I should go to school for music business. And I had a friend that went there for music business, which is so weird. It's Iowa. But like I went there, dropped dropped out after first semester, dude. It was not for me. And then mm-hmm. I came back to St. Joseph, Missouri, got in the music program, dropped out. But that was to tour because those bands finally started. You know, we did the hour away. We did the two hours away. Next thing you know, we're gone for five days. And um, next thing you know, I mean, like the longest I was gone, like it was like 65 days. And it was just like we had no money. We didn't. Brutal. Know. It was just you know exactly what I'm talking about. Like it was brutal. Um it's much like launching a business, except your product is something only like 0.00001% of people give a crap about. It's mm-hmm. like Christian hardcore music, you know, like your listeners are like, that's a thing, you know, like. Um, How's that Christian? They're screaming. Like, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. You know, they're tattoos now. It's like, I didn't even have tattoos back then. So it's like, we were, edgy. we were real edgy. We were, we were edgy. So, yeah. So then that led to um eventually like doing more like solidified tours sponsored tours and things like that and then i'd stopped i'd stopped doing that i was just talking to my wife about this i think i think i was 20 
three years old when I was done. I'm 32. So yeah, it's been, it's been a minute. I did one, I started, I did a few spot dates like after I was done because I'd met enough people in the industry that I would get a phone call. Hey, we're doing six days in the Pacific Northwest. Can you learn, you know, 16 songs and so right. I did that Ridiculous. for a little bit. Ridiculous. Don't get paid nearly enough to learn something. Oh, no, dude. Yeah, the last band I did that for was like $125 a day. Yeah, that's not a lot. That's a night shift at Red Robin. Yeah. Dude. So that was kind of the, that was that chapter of my life. But it's like you said, I mean, I learned, I learned so much. And then like being in the industry still. If like a kid comes through my door and wants to talk about production, the second that they say they've toured, I'm, I, my ears are perked up. I'm a little bit like, you know, a few things because you did this thing. That's insane. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's how I feel about entrepreneurship in general. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. It's, and if I see someone get to a certain stage of that, I understand what they've been through, even if it's a different yes. channel or it's a different business or it's a different mm-hmm. look, I know mm-hmm. that they've ate some dirt. Sure. It's a little bit like, uh, I don't know if you like watch much football or whatever, go Chiefs, but like, um, it's a little bit like when you find like a running back that'll play hurt, they're like all the more scary because that's how I feel about guys that travel in bands. Cause you're like, not only are you cool to be broke, like it just doesn't scare you. You're not right. going to quit. You're not like, you're not afraid of any of the things that like the way of the world says being uncomfortable, being, being uncomfortable. Un- yeah, right. exactly. So. And for me, it was, I was, I was going to school to, you know, for computer science, security, mm-hmm. networking. Um, yeah. It was my backup plan for when I sure. wanted to get married and didn't want to be poor. And, uh, you know, we were doing it. We were all in though. I mean, yeah, as far you as guys were. school and jobs and work. And I wouldn't say that I was, I, I knew I wanted to create and I wanted the freedom that mm-hmm. music could give like the mm-hmm. creative freedom. And I didn't know what kind of creator I was at that time. Um, I'm someone that has like a vision, but I need an artist to help me bring it to life. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's I can vision envision it in my mind, but I'm not yeah. really the only creator. I'm a, yeah. I'm a artist, you know? And uh, so I was learning that and I was learning, I was getting that geographical freedom of, of being able to express through the music and be able to travel, or at least that became what I wanted. Sure. Um, and then just realized that without financial freedom, I wasn't mm-hmm. really free. Sure. It was like right. kind of part-time. And then I also realized that I hated having a label or needing a label or someone like that to say, hey, you're cool. Wow. I didn't like that. I hated that. Yeah. And uh, I've already... You know, you know, my background growing up overseas and church, you know, all those things. Um, I'm just like, I don't need someone to validate me. Uh, And I'm like, if it's just business, once you once you get good enough at it and you start seeing it, you know, we toured with some tooth and nails and sure that big, but big enough to see them doing it for a lifetime. Yeah. Careers and and talking to them. And for me, it was just really enlightening. there wasn't Spotify in, in the no, at that time, no. right? So it sure. was, you really had to tour to be heard abroad or needed a label to be totally. able to move on. And um, I guess I was just like, look, if it's business at the end of the day, I think I'm going to choose a business that makes more money. Yeah, sure. And I, and I, and I can have the, all the geographical freedom in the world I want if I can't mm-hmm. afford to, one, do those things in those places that actually make yeah. those places worthwhile yeah. or I can't help anyone else. Yeah, that's a big one. 
like if you don't have money cool you can be like able to eat dirt all those things but it's kind of selfish because sure. that's what i came to realize is that not caring about money i just had to change my relationship with it yeah because not caring about money was fine for me but if anyone asked me for help outside of like helping them move with my bare hands i couldn't mm -hmm. give them 20 bucks i know not really you know sure um so yeah that was like i mean it was around the same time i think you're a little bit younger than me and we're in it a little bit longer Sure. But, um, t let's talk about, so for anyone listening, like, I think that was my first business. I was learning how to create products. I was learning how Absolutely. to sell our business. I was learning how yeah. to create, uh, simple business models, uh, you know, learning marketing and, and salesmanship for yeah. sure, because mixed that with my degree, which was very technical. So like, where did I learn at least kind of how to create some products and, and do things yeah. like that well, was kind of the early days. After mm -hmm. the band ends or you like get out of that, mm -hmm. I want to understand the transition to what you're doing now and yeah. kind of walk people through that. Yeah. Um, it's so funny. I feel like, like anyone who's kind of like pursuing this bizarre thing that we're doing, working for ourselves, they're all kind of have the same thing. It's just like you have that dream and it's like a seed that it's got to go in the ground and it's got to die. like i said i toured till i was like 23 20, 24 was the last tour i did and i was like you man i think i don't know that money motivated necessarily it money's funny it's like i'm not motivated by having it money's like a video game to me it's kind of stupid to be completely honest like i like I, okay here's here's how i could sum it up actually i know i'm going down a bit of a rabbit trail and i apologize do it do um it. i sat with this guy who was like you know bringing in 16 20 million dollars a year in commercial real estate and i'm like a creative like i loved hearing how you talked about how you hadn't found your create you knew you were creative but you didn't know how but then you started realizing you're an executive producer at the, in my industry, you go, we need that bass player. We need that singer. We need, we need this studio. And I think we need it for six weeks straight. Like That's a curator, you. a team. You're Dude. Yeah. Yeah. You're going, I don't need to sing on the record, but I know she does like, you know what I mean? Like we, every industry needs those people. And you look on any big record and it's like executively produced by, and like, you're never going to hear their voice or their guitar playing on the record, but it takes so much. You're a head coach. Mm -hmm. You're going to have the slowest 40 as a head coach because you're 55 years old. You know what to do with this player, this player, this player. It's awesome. It's beautiful. You're, orchestra, you're really an orchestra conductor at the end of the day. And um, I think that's awesome. I heard this guy speak on, we had like this awesome one-on-one -on -one opportunity and told him a little bit about what I was doing. And I was, at this point, I would have been, two years into my now six and a half year journey of working for myself full-time. Um, and he said that he has a friend who is the CEO of some large company in Australia. And he said, um, uh, Andrew, how, how do you wake up every day knowing like, you know, you don't know how much money you're going to make. Mm -hmm. And he said, he sat there for a second. He looked at his friend and he said, how do you get up every day knowing that's all you're going to make? Keep in mind, the guy he's talking to is making a million dollars a year. Like, and I resonated with that so much because it was actually like a generosity, like 
seminar I was at. So this guy's known for writing million dollar checks to people. Mm-hmm. Like, wouldn't we all want to be that guy, right? Like, um, but if but you don't it, care about money, you can never give away a million. Exactly. You have to know how to how to think about money, and and you said it really well. And I'm sure we'll talk a little more about it. But like, yeah, when he said that, I was like, that's me, because that segues nicely into I'd stop touring. I mean, my dream was to like play guitar in heavy bands and make $35,000 a year. And my wife is going to literally kick me for saying this, but like I tell people all the time, if that dream came true, we like couldn't be married. Like we couldn't have my daughter. I don't want your listeners hearing that saying, I don't want them to hear me say $35,000 is not an honorable wage, that it's not an amount of money that kids can be fed. I don't believe that 1000%, but like I'm in an industry that like, if I want your vocal to sound good, I need a thousand dollar mic, a thousand dollar preamp, six thousand dollar computer. Like, it would never work. Mm-hmm. Like, I you could definitely make thirty five thousand dollars and absolutely make it work as long as you're probably not the boss, you know. So I I do want to clarify. I don't want anybody being discouraged by that. But like, thankfully, that's not what happened because mm-hmm. I do want to grow a business. I do want to pay people out and stuff like that. So I quit touring. I get a job at a software company, which was Awesome. I made 14 bucks an hour. It was like the most I'd ever made in my life. I think I made like 23 grand that year. It was wild. I bought like a pair of Baldwin jeans with it. It was great. Like, you know, you know, like I just was like, I'm doing it. I I literally remember going to uh, Banana Republic and buying like four button up shirts and I got glasses. I was like, I'm going to be the guy. I'm going to do the part. The guy. Dude, I wanted to be the guy. I wanted to be the part. I wanted to be taken seriously because we had just come from this industry where like, you were taken seriously by like the van you pulled up in mm-hmm. and how your amp looked. And I was like, well, surely this industry has got to be the same way. No one would think that music and cause it's evolved. It's Spotify and YouTube and those kind of things have made those individual artists and those digital artists more prevalent now. Right. And that's, oh, yeah. that's like more attainable. Oh. But back then it was, you know, you're going, showing up to do a label showcase and they're saying, I don't like your look. Oh, it's insane. It's mm-hmm. literally insane. Hey man, you're a drummer. His, Hair looks kind of weird and his teeth are kind of jacked up. Like you're like, what? But he's insane. But yeah, I don't know. So so yeah, so I did that and then um I had a really amazing amazing you probably remember Kyle. I don't know. Did you ever meet Kyle? Kyle. He was his name. He's uh he was like a serial entrepreneur. He was at a church that he was at the church we were at, but like he basically looked at me and was like, you have a future in music. And I was like, there's no way. He said, I, I make all these videos for all these brands and there's music in the background of every single one of them. I was like, okay. He's like, I think you could, I think you could write records and people would use them in film and television. And I was like, I could never do that. Fast forward. That's literally what I do. But like, um, he believed this in me. Part, like, this is the part of your story I haven't heard. So sure. oh, that's cool. don't skip over the details. Oh, I won't. Yeah, I won't. And so. Anyway, yeah, it's like he told me, um, you know, I'm working at the software company. I get uh, I get asked by several friends to uh, write music for their weddings, which was really an amazing opportunity. You know, I went from heavy music um, to writing music for people to walk down the aisle to. And I've always had like a pretty soft spot for like, you know, cinematic music or ambient music, like the really Seagrass pretty stuff or whatever. And so anyway, I did that for their weddings and I'd compiled this catalog of songs, put it on this website where you could like donate money for, you know, mm-hmm. to, to buy it. 
it's called noise trade. You, it's probably still a company, but like, I remember I would make like $4 a quarter, you know, like I was making no money. People were just donating. But the, the amazing thing was there weren't a lot of instrumental artists and that's what I did. Mm-hmm. And so on the charts, I was always the number one artist. So it was like, it's you, uh, before we started the podcast, we were talking about perception a little bit and like, okay, so I had only made four bucks a quarter, but no one knew that. They just saw if I wanted to find a new instrumental artist, the number one artist every time was this young collective, young collective, young collective, you know, it's like, and I was really grateful for that, that not a lot of people were trying to write instrumental music. Now it's a massive genre. Like I'm fortunate and blessed to have gotten in on it before it just like became this thing that's on every Lexus ad and every Zales ad and, you know, and just like that kind of stuff. So anyway, I, at this point, I'm at the software company uh, and I actually went back to school for music. I wanted to finish my degree. I, I don't, you know, I, I talk to my wife all the time about this. I don't, I, I think I was supposed to do it and I don't, I don't fully know why I think maybe it was a God thing. Who knows? But I, I didn't learn anything. It's, I just wasn't learning in school. And, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you have thoughts on this too, but like, I was already doing it. Everything that they were teaching me, I was already doing. I'm not here saying I was better than my teachers. I just like, they were teaching as if I had known nothing, right. knew nothing. So I'm paying like, you know, $25,000 a year. And I knew the things they were teaching me because the education was for someone who had never done it. Yeah, it's tailored that way. It's tailored that way. And so I end up scoring a documentary that was released nationally in my freshman year of college. And the school was like, well, what do we do with that? Like, I was like, I don't know. You know, I don't know. And so from that point on, I stopped caring about school. I graduated. I got my degree. But um, fast forward, some company found my stuff on Noise Trade. They end up signing me to a two-year agreement to manage uh, my catalog for film and television. Ended up being a terrible deal. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was like this close to being in numerous lawsuits. It was really bad. I didn't know though, because I was so green. I just didn't read over contracts. I didn't do anything. Not stuff. knowing is honestly a huge advantage. I listen to a lot of podcasts and yeah. owner after owner, after owner, after owner are like not knowing kind of makes you fearless in some ways. That's like, a really, that's amazing. Cause if I, you knew about it, you wouldn't do it. Oh yeah. You don't you know? need permission when you don't know. Exactly. Like river doesn't know like any, my daughter, sorry, you guys don't know who river is. My daughter's name is river. She's 18 months old. She has no concept of what she can and can't do. It's actually really inspiring because she walks around our house like she pays the pays the bills and like she has no concept of any of that. And she's fearless because of it. And I kind of love that. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So anyway, end up doing that. Thank goodness. um, I end up getting signed to this company, Musicbed, who I've been with, you know, for five, six years now. Um, And I've been with them ever since. They end up signing me. They're extremely legitimate. They're everywhere. They kind of are like, they're kind of the pace car for licensing in the United States and honestly, probably the world. But if you need, if you want reference, like it's musicbed.com, but they're an amazing company. They help a lot of people and yeah, their catalogs just crazy, but I've got several projects with them now um, that I've worked on. I have a project. Sorry, you broke up a little bit there. No, but I was just saying music bed. I mean, they're awesome. And that project Utah that I have, it's on Spotify and all that stuff. That's like more of a pop project, but like 
they manage that whole catalog. And I got an email today that I have like a call with Lexus next week about that project. So it's like, you know what I mean? They are amazing. They take such good care of me and they're really generous too, like with some of the, you know, projects I travel for and things like that. But so that's, so yeah. Can we pause right there for a second? Sure. So, um, I just think this is really interesting because I know a lot of people that are very passionate about music, want a career yeah. in music, try to be artists, whether it's hip hop or instrumental yeah. or metal or whatever, and sure. rarely ever find a career um, besides being a teacher or something like that. That's, that's paying sure. them to do that. Sure. So when you say that you signed with a company, is that like mm -hmm. signing with a label? Is that like hiring a sales force? Is that a manager? Are you still a business yeah. owner? Yeah. So they are, you know, you do all of the, uh, you're like the Amazon guru for, I remember when your business had like a headband company and who was the other one you had just signed? I can't remember. You probably saw them today, but like, they don't know how to, they know how to make headbands. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. You know how to do Amazon. So I know how to make great records. And they know how to get it into the hands of music supervisors and ad agencies. So they do your marketing, your PR, all that. Some kind of they do in-house marketing for what they're doing within Musicbed, but like all of my graphic design, all of my website. I mean, they're not in charge of any of that. Okay. So they're strictly doing sync licensing. And so I guess it's a good time. So sync licensing is anytime an existing piece of music is then synced to film work so if you're watching an ad on tv and there's underlining music there's a chance it's either an original score uh spec work or it's a sync so if tomorrow uh you hear a kanye track on an adidas ad that's a sync he didn't write it for the ad he wrote the track adidas then goes hey we like want to license this we want to license it and so a spec work uh, is where someone writes it for that ad. Yeah. So I just did a piece. It was really cool uh, called Portrait of a Black Man. It was a Vimeo staff pick for like a month. Morgan Cooper, who's from Kansas City, he's mm -hmm. a great director, awesome guy. Um, I scored that. That would be spec work. So I did the original composition and, you know, there's no music. I They send me the film. They send me the frames. They send me uh, the Simpty time code all locked, pictures all locked, and I watch it. And then I essentially go, okay, this is the feeling that I'm feeling when I'm watching it. And then I score it or compose music, original music for it. And so, you know, it's really, I don't know if you've, if you know this part about my story either, but similar to you, um, you know, someone saying, Hey, you'd be good at this. Yeah. And, uh, and then how you got started being like one of the only instrumental artists, uh, uh, on that. Yeah. Noise trade. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, for me, it was Elance and Upwork, and I became mm. a top ten in the world uh, freelancer yes. that was doing Amazon. So I was yeah. top ten in the world in marketing, but the only one in the top ten that was doing Amazon. Wow! So if someone was looking, there's yeah. not a lot of us to go around. You sure. Know, and that's really where my business blew up, and because um, there wasn't Amazon, there wasn't a template to follow. I like, remember. Yeah. That was the hard part I, I, that's been for me is like, am I a marketing agency? Am I an ad agency? Am I mm -hmm. a consultant? Am I yeah. like, what model do I look to as my kind of roadmap? Sure. Um, and that didn't really exist, but it started mm -hmm. with just picking something that stood out from the crowd. Yeah. And, uh, and then getting some success with it and then going all sure. in on that.
Yeah. It's that thing when you don't know, you don't even know failure exists. Right. There's not a lot further down to go than the bottom. I mean, you're already <laughs> there. $4 a month or something, right? When you're know, already there, it doesn't matter. So. And what people don't know is like in those early days, I mean, I was taking Amazon projects that I would charge five grand for now um, sure. and was maybe doing it 250 bucks. Oh, yeah. Like I yeah. really had no idea. It was side money for me. It was like mm-hmm. figuring things out. I would spend tons of time on it, maybe $5 an hour at the end of it because mm-hmm. of how long it took me. Yeah. Um, I put in all of those hours and I, you know, ate that dirt, so to speak, in regards to like, yeah. you know, I think a lot of like creators now are looking at like maybe what someone like you charges or what a videographer charges or a good photographer and they're trying to be in line with that. And I'm like, Oh yeah, you need to be so busy because you're not charging enough. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're just, you know, until Mm -hmm. you're actually good enough. Yeah. Um, And just eat that dirt. I want to just want to take a segment there to be like, you know, from all the guys I know, that's what's required. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and people get frustrated when they're not landing those $2,000 a month clients or those $2,000 photo shoots. And I'm like, well, why don't you do it for, uh, you know, 50 bucks and uh, yeah. figure it out, you know? Yeah. The, uh, cool. the industry that I'm like mostly a part of, cause like, I think Utah's got like 200,000 monthly listeners. We're doing just fine. You know what I'm saying? YC has got like 10,000 and for that genre, that's fantastic. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so uh, I'm doing all right, but I still, I'm still open-minded to, to a, uh, a quantity of work, if that makes sense. I'm still open-minded to there's an availability. And so the thing about that is with splitting my time between obviously like streaming and I produce records for other artists and which actually that's a point out. Let me get into that in a second. You made me think I'm thinking of something, but um, the thing about what I do is it's actually technically considered micro licensing. And so, you know, licensing up until like a decade ago, was like you wanted a Mumford and Son track. You went to Warner and you said, Hey, we want Mumford and Sons for this American Express ad. And they're like, Cool, that'll be a that'll be four hundred thousand dollars. And they're like, All right, sounds good. Mm-hmm. You know, and then then <clears throat> there's these brands, I can't even think of their names off the top of my head. It's like Audio Jungle or something like that. That what they did is they just it's probably just a couple guys in a bedroom wrote really shitty sounding sync licensing music you know we've all heard it it's the it's like the boom clap boom clap with banjo or something and they said okay well you can buy this for a hundred dollars and they started realizing there's a there's you know a hundred thousand people that need a song and we could charge a hundred thousand people a hundred dollars you know so they picked up all those small jobs Mm -hmm. and um you know there's a lot of availability in these young people. And I think you caught this and ran with it. I think I caught this and ran with it. That time is a non-renewable resource. You can make more money, but you can't make more time. And so, which is better? Wait, not having a shoot. We were kind of comparing it to photo. Not having a shoot or something for six weeks, but you have a $4,000 shoot or doing 20 shoots for $500 it, over those six weeks, which would you rather have? You know what I mean, I know what I would rather have. And what's crazy is you'll get better from the $4,000 shoot 
but you're going to get way better from 20 shoots at $500. And when you know that school isn't really where you learn, then you look at that time that you're investing Dude, in, the, in yeah. the 20 shoots as your school. Uh, yeah. You do. You start to see it differently. Instead of it being yeah. like a world of suck of like, oh, my God, I have these 20 shoots to do. It's like, yeah, I I get to work with this model yeah. and I get to work with this photographer. And on this shoot, I get to go to this location and I'm yeah. getting to work with these props I've never worked with on this shoot. Yeah. And so every single one yeah. of them brings a lesson with it. Yeah. Um, and as you compile those, you actually become an expert. And and let's say you've let's say you're actually a decent human being and you start to realize Everything we do is a people business. Mm -hmm. Let's say five of the 20, five of those 20 clients tell their other friends, you went from 20 to 25 clients. You know what I mean? Like, as opposed to hoping one client to pay you four grand. And in the agency world too, um, they have terms for it and forgive sure. me for not knowing them, but yeah. it's essentially where, you know, you have two massive clients. And if something happens to those, cool, that's oh. supporting your whole thing. But if something happens to those, you're SOL. Oh, right? dude, absolutely. Versus if you diversify and have 20 small clients, sure, mm -hmm. it's more work to manage them. It's more work to talk to them. Yeah. You know, we all wish we were doing a $4,000 shoot. Sure. But at the same time, that's why my business is still here. Because mm -hmm. as brands come and go, I don't have any of these massive brands uh, mm -hmm. that you know my entire livelihood is dependent upon. And it gives you a little bit more leverage as well yeah. as a creator. My dear friend, Jordan Christ, he's an extremely It's like, all right, so you have two massive clients, table tips over, you know what I mean? And so, like, why not give yourself a thousand legs? So if one leg breaks, you're like, well, I'll be all right. You know, it's, it hurts a lot less to lose $1,000 client than to lose, you know, now we're talking about a small business here. We're not talking right. about, you know, we're not talking about something scale like what you're doing. Where like, you know, by now you've got, you've got huge clients and it's amazing. But you started with two hundred fifty dollars right. clients, you know? and that's that's where I try to like my Instagram, my content, everything is about just trying to show what it really yeah. takes. What it really yeah. takes. So if anyone's looking to be inspired or anyone's looking to follow along with someone or have a mentor, whether it's digital sure. or not. Cause for yeah. me, that's how it's been. Yeah. Um, this is how, this is what it really takes. And I like to be yeah. real with people and you do a good uh, job. set that yeah. perspective, set that expectation. It's very attainable for everyone. Yeah. But I think a lot of people aren't willing or know what's really required to get there for us. We toured. Yeah. So everything sure. was up from there. Everything. You know, I think one thing that's really cool. You're not touring now, are you? no huh okay just cool i just wanted to make sure that was sure. said so sure. then you know you're in kansas city mm -hmm. you're creating for brands and projects probably worldwide oh, na yeah. nationwide worldwide worldwide for sure. worldwide i love that uh and he's doing it from his home office and well i have it actually as of august of last year we're sitting in my first studio okay not in my home yeah bro okay yeah I love that I was um, in my home during COVID now. I was back at the house. But well, I still we were talking earlier about having me out for lunch. So I really want to yes, see the studio. You're gonna see it. It's gonna be great. But my point is being growing a business um where you're creating music, you're doing what you love, doing it in yeah. a new way by going into a new space and learning mm -hmm. as you go, sometimes signing with the wrong partner or the you know, oh, like yeah. I've done yeah. that. I could talk stories for all day. Like, you know, last year I signed yeah. with the fractional CFO that really 
um, that company was a bad relationship for me. Sure. And it took me a lot of like cleanup. Uh, but I learned in the process, yeah. you know, and like yeah. that's part of it too. Um, but you don't just end up where you're you've got like multiple successful projects, you're like creating albums for other people, you're licensing, you don't just end up there. Sure. You know, and uh sure. and it's not always like, hey, this producer is gonna bring you in as an intern and teach you everything. And like, mm-hmm. no, you you were doing a band, you were doing this, you were doing that, you're giving lessons. Yeah. Um, yeah. and it's all those things coming mm-hmm. together to end up where you're like, I found my thing. Yeah. Yeah. The you said something earlier that and I don't know even know if I fully answered it, so maybe I'll answer it right now. Is you're talking about, you know, what about the guy or the girl who's at home and they really want to be a hip hop artist. They really want to be, they want to make a living in music. And you said maybe they land a job teaching or maybe they, you know, get into education or something. And I can't remember who said this and I'm going to misquote it. This is not going to be factual, but there's something like 600 checks that are available in the music industry. Like 600 things you can do to make money. It's probably actually more than that now, especially with streaming and stuff. But like, when I really think about it, like, in my head, when I go to work, I am technically speaking, I am a business owner. I'm a studio owner. If you think about it like that, you know, I have a space that sometimes people rent for me. So I'm a, you know, I'm a studio owner. People can pay me for that. Uh, I'm a mix engineer. So I'll mix records for people. I don't master records because I have such a good mastering engineer. There's no point. I send everybody to him. Um, I'm a songwriter. I'm a bass player. I'm a guitar player. I'm a piano player. Those are all different checks. Um, I'm a composer. That's a check. I'm in music licensing. That's a check. Um, I am a remix artist. That's a check. Like these are just, these are all in the last year things I have technically been paid to do. Mm. There's a lot of checks in music. So you tell me, oh, you want to be a rapper? Okay, that's great. That's one check. I hope you get to do it. You want to be a songwriter? That's awesome. Like, you know, write a thousand songs like i don't know write a hundred songs like that's one check but like you know as well as anybody that when you own a business it's yeah we do that you know what i mean yeah we do that and if you don't know how to do it you get online you call your friend who does it it doesn't matter you figure it out like Mm -hmm. because yeah i do that too you know so like i edited a podcast for three years straight on the abolition soft ads like i don't know it's saying i have issues okay it's on all these ads but i i remember this company came to me and was like can we basically pay you to record all of our podcasts you just sit in and produce them and i'm like of course i'll do that sure that's a Uh, reoccurring check that i need that gives me some stability to do the other things i want to do it was two it was always two hours once a week and i did it for three years and like Sure, in the short, sure that day, it's like I've been paid more to do other things, but I didn't have anything on that Tuesday. And I just learned a ton about a very real thing that goes on in our world that last time I checked, I never would have learned about. So it made some relationships. Actually, that same thing paid me to score the title sequence to their, they did a big film that was on Netflix. It's like, you know what I mean? I just said yes to a podcast and the next, you know, scoring stuff, but yeah, you never know. And it's, you like, never know if you're pursuing that, if you're pursuing with, uh, 
you know, crazy amount of ambition and relentlessness. You're create, you're, you're chasing that. Um, I don't want to say like gold at the end of the rainbow. That's not what I'm chasing, you know? Um, but if you're chasing your passion, if you're chasing, um, that thing you're looking for in life and you're in alignment, it's crazy what, what comes to you. And I, I can legitimately trace back, like just landing a client maybe two, two weeks ago to stuff I did three years before, Wow! like between the relationship that referred it to the things I got to get that relationship to the things I did in those 18 months to build that brand that made me want to refer me to that person. Yeah. And like the relationship I went two years before to go to a conference to meet that person that then introduced me to that brand, you know, and it's like, it really is the, um, the compounded interest of hustle and and hard work. And it's, it's, um, saying yes to things like the thing that first got me onto Amazon was I was going through a divorce and uh, I had a lot of time on my hands. I didn't have a lot of hobbies going on. I had had a small circle of friends because I had been gone. Um, And I was reading some financial blogs on how to get, you know, ahead of your finance and things like that. And it was the number one thing I've repeated this for years was the blog said, I wish I could give it credit, but I can't remember. It was just like a random blog, but it was a blog that said, instead of picking up a side hustle, like bartending or something like that to help me get ahead on the weekends or weeknights, like I knew how to do and had been doing for six years, you know, bartending while touring and things like that was find a side job that also teaches you something in the career that you're pursuing. That's amazing. Right. And so it was like, okay, so now I don't have to think of it as just like a side job where the end result is the money that I'm then using to do something with Mm -hmm. a side job that takes my time. That's teaching me something that also Mm -hmm. gives me money. Mm -hmm. And that's amazing. That was how I started freelancing on Elance and Upwork because I was an e-commerce manager by day. And then I was like freelancing on this Amazon or affiliate marketing or stuff. Oh yeah. And then that turned into my my thing that's given me financial freedom and everything else, you know? And so for those people thinking of, you know, you talked about all the different things you're doing around music. Don't get too, you know, don't get too pigeonholed into one thing. Yeah. Uh, And you look at all the actors like Drake and he's a, he's a a huge one, you know, that we saw as an actor first and now, you know, now he's a hip hop artist and all kinds of things, but that happens all the time across lots of artists. And we're so surprised when we see them like act after they've been a singer or something like that. And it's like, no, these people know the game. They know the industry. They know all the ways to get those checks. And uh, they might have found one thing at first, that first opportunity. But it might actually be the fifth or sixth opportunity that's actually their thing. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You I've always respected like. And I say this to sometimes I say this to my clients, like. I'm going to do this, whether you're doing it or not. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't need your permission to do this. I don't need your check. Like I'm going to come to the studio tomorrow, check or no check. And mm-hmm. I love that. Like you were talking about, I totally forgot you were bartending, but how amazing, like you did all that, like, like bartended worked at, you know, down in Grandview for that company. Toy company. Yes. Uh, dude. The UPS. You remember me working at, I North remember. All, yes. Yes. Like, dude. Like, all those things. And I think I really admire it's, it's kind of silly because it's from a book on marriage. Stanley talks about, you know, like, 
And I think it's actually just good relationship, like friendship. It's just good advice. And so I, I'll give him credit for it. But like he said, like, if you're driving 70 miles down, 70 miles an hour down the highway, it's like really hard to lock eyes with someone going 70 miles an hour the other way. You break your neck doing that, you know? Mm-hmm. And like he said, oftentimes your wife is, or husband, if you know, whatever, is often someone that when you're on the highway, Every time you look over to change lanes, oh, there's that car. Oh, you know, there they are. They're still there. And I think the thing that I love, I love, love, love about you is every time I look up, you don't need permission. You're still doing your thing. You're still growing this business. And I've watched you in seasons where you're like navigating COVID going, all right, what do I do with this? And then I've seen you in seasons where like you're literally going 150 miles down the highway you can't like, you know, you have so many clients and it's like, I'm, I'm trying to take note of that, of these guys, you know, Kansas city or not. I love this city, mm-hmm. but like, I want to, I want to love it so much regardless of where I am doing it or how much I'm doing it for. I'm trying to take note of who do I keep seeing when I look up, who are the guys and girls that every time I look up, they were doing it, whether they had a cool Instagram post to tell everybody about or whether they had a big check or not, they're still going to go to work. And it seems like with you, because you now work with a lot of people I know, it's amazing that your character seems to continue that they just know Andy, or some people call you Andrew, are going to out, he's just going to outwork you. Like, he's just, you know, he's going to do his thing. But at the same time, you're also going to freaking fly to Bali and sit on the beach for two weeks. Like, yeah, I love it. I love it. I think it's amazing. Some people find balance in the day-to-day. Sure, and sure. For me, it's uh, it's balance in spurts. Good for so you. So it's like obsession or like, you know, hard, hard yeah. work. Put the put your head down and grind yeah. and push the plow. And then when as soon as you get that chance to clear skies, like take advantage of it and, be in, that, and be in that moment. I think, I love it. you know, people can find balance in different ways. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, we started this before we went on air talking about scaling. Mm-hmm. and coming by the studio and talking to some of the guys and yeah um you know just sharing some tips on processes and um scope of work and how do you like outline that with clients and how do you communicate yeah. well and all those things and mm-hmm. for me um the hard the real hard work 150 mile an hour on the highway times are those scaling times yeah um it's and great. so you know for me, it's typically like a growth mode followed by a lean mode, a growth mode followed by a lean mode. Oh, it's wow. not because it's just up and down, up and down. It's just that I can't always be in a growth mode. There's you know, rhythm. Like, you need rhythm. Mm-hmm. So, so it's like it's it's head down to the plow, crazy hard work, work hard, like work, 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 work. And it, yeah, I know there's that hustle, that negative look to the hustle sure. culture, but like it's sure. required to win. Let's be yeah. honest. And uh, And then when you get a chance, you have to also know how to disconnect. You have to also mm. know what is it that makes you feel like you can stop thinking about work and mm-hmm. reset your eyes on the vision and the goals. And yeah. I've told a story on this podcast before, Zane, but I was going through a tough time in uh, 2019 toward the end because I was okay. accomplishing a lot of goals. I was having some financial cash flow issues, honestly, because of that fractional CF- CFO. Sure. Um, that I like hadn't created myself, but kind of got made and I hadn't had cash flow issues in a long time. So I'm like, what the heck? And, uh, I'm also accomplishing these goals. And it was like, 
I didn't have this relentless drive uh, anymore. That was just natural. I've kind of just, I just wake up with it. It's not like curated, you know, it's just in me. So it's not something I'm like proud of because it's just, it's just Andrew, you know, (laughs) like, but it was gone for a little while. And I was just really like, what is going on? Um, I just had, you know, I retired my mom, I got her a house, I have this Jeep that like, I could never have imagined having, which is materialistic, maybe, but like, it just, I would have never dreamed having that vehicle. Um, And just these little things like that. And I was just like, well, I'm not really chasing more money. Uh, Mm. So like, what's my motivation? Sure. And I just lost it for a while. And I actually went to New York. I went to New York for a week by myself. I went to a instrumental metal show, uh, Polyphia. And uh, I just danced my face off. And I was by myself, like, honestly, just like danced my face off a uh, little east coast metal scene I and this, this was pre-covid everybody or I, I yeah, was, yeah 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 right. whatever right sure. and uh and i just like came to realization with just like actually i just love the process of what i'm doing and i set my sights on a new goal and just was reminded kind of of um you know the why indeed and uh mm. you know decompressed and really just like took a, a big deep breath and those are what those trips do for me yeah, I you love know, that. Uh, so it's a mixture of like a travel with 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 some music and just sure. like you know letting emotion go. And um, sure. I got recentered. I and, love that. You know, for I think a lot of founders already know this. People listening, things like that. But everybody has their own rhythm. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody oh, has their so own good. rhythm. So good. Dude. Comparison is the worst thing. That's always it's an been enemy. my. It's always it's the biggest my enemy. Mm-hmm. It's the biggest enemy, dude. Like. It is insane because there's always going to be somebody who's doing more than you're doing, but they're not you. They you don't can't, have, you don't know all the variables that like, that's what we generalize. That's our, mm-hmm. that's a huge weakness that we all do. You know, and we generalize and we say entrepreneurs, that's a huge generalization because there's all types, you know, and we say we compare and, but you don't know what they're childhood was like their upbringing totally. was like their financial situation was like the climate of the economy during that time you don't know who their girlfriend uh, was or boyfriend dude. was at that time you don't know who their mother-in-law was you don't know what was happening with their kids you don't know what was ha- like there's so many things and to be able to compare without knowing all of those things sure honestly unintelligible yeah well, that's you why know? it's important to define success exactly because who yourself. gives a crap who cares what everybody else is doing are you successful it's like you said, even like the Jeep thing, like, yeah, okay, so it's a Jeep, but what if that's like a, what if that's like a bit of a like trophy on the wall for you to go, dude, I don't work for this Jeep. This is a Jeep that reminded me of Red Robin. It reminded me of US Toy. It reminds me of blam, bam, 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 you know, whatever, you know, like. We both drove beaters. Let's dude, I got married. I got married and still didn't have a car with air conditioning. Mm. And I remember my friends like gave me hell because I went and bought an Audi. Doesn't matter. It was like not like a new Audi. It was I was I'm still res- fiscally responsible. Don't you justify can have, it. Don't justify you know, it. Thank you. See, I we gotta hang out more. I need you in my life. But like, yeah, dude. Like I bought this Audi and people were like, whoa, Mr. Hotshot. I was like, no, dude, like. I worked a lot of years and did a lot of things. And I always thought like, I've loved cars since I was a kid and I used to feel bad for it. Like 
when I became an adult, I was like, I don't want to love material stuff. And it's like, I don't love material. I honestly am inspired by creative work. There's something about the body lines on a 1990 Mercedes 300E that are inspiring. Like, you know what I mean? Like before Instagram posts and lighting and all that stuff, like there's a designer that sat down and made that thing. And it, same with your Jeep. Like there's something about the way the light hits it at the, a certain time of day and there's just enough mud on the tires. And you know what I mean? And it's it's the way like you get the worn in spot from the way it sits up high and you have to hit the seat every time you get in. I'm making it romantic. I know I am, but like, I don't care. Like, I think it's awesome. So I'm with you too. And I, I honestly was like, I was feeling, I've been feeling guilty. I've had it now for a year and a half. I felt guilty that I liked it so much. Sure. I'm, I'm really not materialistic either. Yeah. I don't like to think that I am, but I think it's a mixture of like, this was a thing that one, you got rid of your other car because you helped someone out with it. Yeah. And, uh, I used to have cars that the windows didn't roll down and the doors didn't yes. shut right. And yes. I had to crawl out the passenger side or open my door yeah. at the drive through or yeah. sweat yeah. on my way to work because I didn't yeah. have AC or, yeah. um, I remember the first time I got the car I gave away and I was remembering, I was so thankful that it started and I could get to Grandview and back like Dude. without having to worry about it starting. Dude. So it's just been this, it's like a reminder, right? Yeah. Like, you know, in, in the Bible, uh, you know, I know your your uh, faith. Uh, you have faith as well. And sure. um, in the Bible, you know, they they cross the River Jordan in one oh, of yeah. the Bible stories, and yeah. like God told the people at the time to to make an altar of stones mm. uh, to remind them, you know, yeah. of yes. of the accomplishment of the miracle mm-hmm. of the blessing. And I kind of relate it to that. You know, it feels like this sure. thing that's just like, hey, this reminds me of Africa. It looks tactical. It's cool. It feels like Andrew sure. when I'm in it. It aligns with my energy. Um, and it's a reminder of everything I've worked for. Uh, and saying that just to be like, yeah, you can't that Jeep compared to like what other people have done or what they have or, you know, it's nothing in the Dude. grand scheme of things. But when it's just about you and not what everyone else perceives it as, yeah, um, you know. I know we went down a little bit of a rabbit trail to anyone listening, I, but I, I think the stuff, the mindset stuff is honestly as important as the technical stuff. And, um, yeah, for I was anyone in, but young comparing is the worst. It's the worst. I, uh, I'm a big advocate for counseling, big time advocate for counseling, like so much. In fact, that like, well, part of like what the, we do as the counselors is like, we always want to be generous. I think the world of generous gets larger and larger. And I, and I honestly believe in, helping people because there's enough to go around you know what i mean and so but ought to say i love counseling go to counseling i had a counselor one time tell me she was like i feel like you get like decision paralysis because i was always scared of making the wrong decision i was so Mm -hmm. mentally in my head and i remember i had my friend paint me a, a hand letter a thing that says it's just a decision and it's literally still in our guest room. And I honestly need to probably bring it to the studio because I make literally 10,000 tiny decisions a day that ultimately end up becoming a song. And like, it's just a decision and you want, I don't know. I just, I think about so much of what we do and the hurdle of um, our mental is just, it's just really important. And I was telling my wife, I was like, I want to have something to bring Andy on this podcast. Just like a thought I would love his thoughts on and like, I was like, he's going to have questions for me. I know that. He's going to have awesome stuff to say. I know that. But literally the thing you're saying, like the mental, like you can have all the skill. And if you lack that mental 
what, it, what I don't even know what you'd call it. You're not going to go anywhere. And I told my wife, I had this thought last night as I was thinking about this podcast with you. And I thought the best meal in Kansas city is probably not made at a restaurant. Mm. And I say that because the best cook in this entire city probably doesn't own a restaurant because they never gave themselves permission to, Wow. or they didn't believe they could do it or their dad told them they couldn't do it. Or even worse, their dad or mom said, you need a backup plan in case that doesn't work out. And they, maybe they did cook for a little bit and they, you know, or whatever. And I just, and it just got me thinking, like, it's not always the best chef that runs the best restaurant. Mm -mm. It's the person who's like, I could do this. I can do it. And they just don't quit. So I've been thinking about that a lot lately because like, dude, I am by all standards, a okay guitar player, but like, I'm just, ignorant or something enough to keep showing up here every day willing to do it you know or whatever and so your industry is obviously a little, diff little different because it really is something that requires a lot of information and uh knowledge about tech and systems and back end but i do think about creativity that way like mm -hmm. the most creative people in the world probably never even gave themselves permission to do it it's not like sports where like if you're in the ninth grade you run a four four forty. Your gym teacher is going to call everyone he knows and go, "Hey, Brian read a ran a four four forty, and they're all going to come scout you." Like you don't make the most bomb ass mac and cheese, and all of a sudden Rieger's calling you, and it's like, "We want you, baby. We heard about your mac and cheese. It doesn't work like that. Like no. you have to get out there and do it. You know." And I don't know. I was thinking no, about that. You know, this kind of stuff to me is the gold. And if you guys like hearing entrepreneurs there's a good spot for my sponsor but if you guys like hearing from entrepreneurs live feedback um they ask you know you can ask questions and get feedback after uh, um after these classes and these courses on global entrepreneur week um it's really really helpful i remember i've ran amazon i run amazon classes almost every every year um storytelling classes remember guys if you're in kansas city it's november 17th through the 19th um, you know, features hours of programming, networking. Uh, it's going to be interactive and virtual this year. So um, as someone that's ran a few virtual events uh, and conferences and booths, it's a little bit different. Uh, we're not getting to all hang out and see each other, but it can also be a little bit easier to make some of the classes. And, um, you know, you can say, hey, I would love to have a contact or a coffee or just make that ask in those rooms. Um, so once again, Global Entrepreneur Week, prime time uh november 17th through the 19th please sign up and get it on your agenda zane i want to talk about i want to i want to like take the next segment and talk about um you know some of the things that you're six years six and a half years in i'm about to close up on six years with marketology yeah. but i've been freelancing yeah thank you very much um and you know there's a lot of stuff happening in the industry I ch I chose Amazon because of how Wild West it was. Um, yeah. I liked that there wasn't a lot of people to tell me what to do. And sure. I realized this about myself. I, like, why was I in detention in high school all the time? Telling myself a little bit. Why was I in, honestly, fights all the time? Uh, I moved from Congo to Kansas City at 16. I, I had never had to ask to go to the restroom or... Uh, like they didn't like my ball cap that said KC because it was blue and it was like gang, a gang cap or something at Liberty. Uh, can you imagine like being 16 years old, never having to ask to go to the restroom and then like sure. someone being able to tell you no, 
Sure. Like, nah, I'm going to the bathroom. Like, you yeah. know, I would just get into trouble. And you're talking about that asking for permission thing. And I'm yeah. just saying that at a younger age, it was trouble for me. Mm. At an older age, it's been um, an awesome thing. Yes. That, you know, that I didn't necessarily need permission. And my dad taught me that. Uh, yeah, that's great. And, and he was also someone that said, no, get an internship. No, don't be in a band. No, this isn't your thing. Sure. Okay. But he, but by watching him, he was pioneering, you know, things that he didn't get permission for. He just went and did them. It's great. Um, and one thing that's super important about your circle, and I promise I have a point in this, but like no, one thing great. that's super important about your circle is if you hang around people that are confident, Mm -hmm. that say like, Hey, I'm the best cook in KC. I'm gonna let people know. Uh, if you hang around people that have an abundance mindset, a win-win mm -hmm. mindset, if you hang around people that aren't negative about counseling or therapy, right? Mm -hmm. If you hang around people that have an open mind, if you think sure. hang around people that work hard, they create room for you to do that. Mm -hmm. Right. That's, that's, that's one of the things that people are like, Oh, you're the sum of your circle. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. What it means is, if your friend is confident and is insecure and, mm -hmm. you know, they're in your life for a reason because you're choosing, you know, who's around you. If they're yeah. confident and not insecure, it doesn't mean that you can't be confident. It means yeah. that they're creating room for you to then be confident. That's cool. In the relationship. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing I've really noticed is um, and I'm thankful for. Like I have I have great friends that allow me to change and allow me to say crazy things and allow me to try crazy things and try yeah. crazy outfits or a you know, a nice dress hat in Kansas city or like you do sure. things around here and people are like, what are you doing? I know, I know. But you know, I have friends that regardless of what they think or, you yeah. know, they, um, they create room for me to do that. That's awesome. And they, they, um, and that's super, super, super important for someone that's trying to do something different than maybe what they've done before trying to change and have a circle of yeah. friends. Um, just evaluate that constantly. And if people, yeah. you can start that by creating that room for others. But sure. pay, pay attention if, if the people you're around on a daily basis are creating that room for you. It's really um, good. It's really important. Oh, know? it's it's so important. So my question for you, uh, after kind of after saying that and really thinking about, you said, you know, creating that space is in your six, six and a half going on seven years, you know, um, what are you focusing on? Uh, personally or business? Uh, sure. I'd rather hear business, but I think cool. they're both related. Yeah, that's um, great. What's something that you're focusing on uh, for an area of growth or something mm -hmm. that you see next for your business? Like, I sure. want to get really good at, you know, um, producing or mm -hmm. I, I really want to work on my systems or mm -hmm. uh, Leslie, like in your sixth year, what are you focusing on? I think that insight can be yeah. really, uh, you know, enlightening. I appreciate that. Um, I'd like to get better at business. Um, this is a business at the end of the day. I am, I am, I am technically the product, but, um, I'd like to get better at business. I'm want to learn more, more about like tax code because at the end of the day, I don't think a lot of people in the music industry spend a lot of time doing that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I think there's a lot of places you can go in music without having an education in taxes and business ownership and all that stuff. And, but I think the places I want to go, I think I need it. Um, I want to help more people get into the music industry. Um, Similar to that, launching a brand on Amazon for someone. Like exactly. Helping someone get their stuff together to be in the industry. I, uh, you know, being able to know the ins and outs of the music industry is fine, but it changes a whole lot. The tax code changes a whole lot. A lot of things just change. And so 
you have to stay you have to kind of stay ready like the book and you're done Mm -hmm. it's like exercise or whatever you know if you stop exercising like you can't coast off the bench press you did two years ago you know so like um so that's one thing um there's always an underlining um unicorn of tone i don't know how in depth to go on this but like of like achieving a sonic fidelity that i'm always chasing i love the intricacies of making things sound incredible so i i don't think it'll ever stop like i'm obsessively buying equipment and selling equipment all the time chasing like sound and things you know i don't know like i have like a 12 space rack in my desk filled with you know lots of nerdy things for music and like just switching stuff out or like you know adding stereo ssl eq or you know i've tried numerous different compressors it's just like i i always want to grow and learn more about that stuff you're an ab Uh, tester you're an ab tester an ab tester yeah there's a book called the originals that's real popular and it just talks about the different types of creators and innovators and Mm. i'm an ab tester as well cool meaning i don't come up with just a genius idea like from scratch uh it more creates itself over time by all the things that i've tried coming together yes pedals or if you're building a perfect pedal board in my business i call it the marknology effect okay there you go and that's uh, yeah it's a it's managing amazon but with my systems and my strategy and the softwares that i've tried that i think are useful and all the ways that we use them combined into something we call the effect I love that. Yeah, I uh that's to me it's it's like a stacking of information. Like mm-hmm. you know, I have this synthesizer that's made in 1982. It's called a Roland Juno 60 and if you watch television, you've probably watched Stranger Things. And Stranger Things intro is this really cool synthesizer and it's played on a Juno 60. So a few years ago, I bought this synth for like $1000 and I was like, I'm going to learn this thing. Stranger Things comes out and synth people everywhere are like, I've got to have a Juno 60. You can't get a Juno 60 for like $3,000 now. It's insane. But like, I purely just wanted to learn synthesis. So I bought mm-hmm. this thing, not even knowing that it was going to be like the thing everybody was going to want to have and want to learn. And so I'm always just kind of chasing stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's A-B testing, I stacking on what I already know. And so now it's like, you can't see it, but there's like a wall of synthesizers like right here. And I like, I have some that aren't even here. Like I, I want to stack on the information I have. I want to improve on what I've learned. Um, I have an intern for the first time. I've always had students at the studio that I've worked at that are there for um, like a three month long apprenticeship, but I have a proper intern now and he's awesome. And it's my first time for that. I actually told my wife, I thought that was my greatest accomplishment that like, some kid paying to go to college wants to learn from me how to do music when like we could sit down and write a book about college, you know, super humbling. It's super humbling. What we think, but like, Oh, I literally like it's thing. And so I want to steward that way. And to be completely honest with you, uh, I'm asking myself the question because six years ago, really like eight years ago, I was like, I you know, six or so years. Yeah, I took the leap and was like, you know, no turning back. But I want to, I look at what, you know, I would credit to God. You know, some people, you know, it's a combination, right? Faith that works is dead. So there's a lot of hard work I've done, but I'm not qualified for the 
things that have come my way. So I can't sit here and be just so good that everybody hires me. I'm not even going to pretend to do that. That being said, I look at where I started to where I am right now in six years. So at 38 years old, at six years from now, I'll be 38. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be almost 39 years old. What will I wish at 32 that I sat down and I started? What will 40-year-old Zane be going, thank God at 32 I started doing that? Wow. And off air and off air I have a couple ideas that I would actually love to talk to you about because probably the answer is therapy. <laughs> Dude, I already tell I already tell all my friends. I'm like, I for real am gonna put like a thousand dollars in like a CD or in like some sort of like penny stock hedge fund type crap for my daughter. Cause it's inevitable. Between me and the world, she doesn't need to talk to somebody for about mm-hmm. all this stuff. But yeah, so like What's interesting is that my wife and I have a couple nonprofit ideas for therapy that we want to find ways to therapy into rural communities. My war vet, and he lives in a town of two in that town. If he wants to go to counseling, he's got to go, you know, or the farmer down the street who maybe just lost his mom, they're going to have to drive to Salina an hour to get counseling. So like, a dream of my wife and I's is to create an opportunity, partner with local schools that aren't in session on Saturdays and say, hey, give us four classrooms, find four counselors from Salina or some town, say they're all going to meet in this small town at this high school. They're taking bookings from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. and they can see 45 people once a month for hopefully free, but like the nonprofit could essentially pay those counselors to go do that. How amazing would that be? Or virtual. Like that- yeah, or virtual, which, dude, thank you, COVID. You gave us all permission to do that. But there is something of an in-person element for some of these people. I just think, see, this is why I love talking. You already gave me a great idea. But I'll have to say, like, that's an idea. But I'm just trying to think of, like, what are the things I want to do right now? Because if I think about it, yeah, there's, like, 20 legs on my table. But but there aren't. There are because I have small checks. But, like. Is it possible that in six years or seven years, this thing could pay me $100,000 a year? This thing could pay me $25,000 a year. This thing could pay me $50,000 a year. And then behind the scenes, that guy's earning $50,000 from working for me. That guy earned $100,000 from working with me. Those are the things I'm thinking about that in what am I doing now so that by 40, you know, I've created the space for 10 people to make their living in the music industry. And the only way you're going to have that perception to that awareness to know that saying, like, what am I going to do now to build a legacy or uh, that's Mm going to impact me when I'm 40 is Mm -hmm. by putting six and a half years in. And now you can see what six and a half years can do. And you think of it as like, man, that's not even that long. You know, it's not. Um, It's not. And one other thing I wanted to put my hat on was like, talked about having an intern and how the music industry is ever changing and you got to like constantly be in it and learning yeah that was something i learned as a consultant and Mm -hmm. why i changed i could be living on an island in bali working with like four clients and making 150 grand a year uh like these amazon gurus on youtube that wasn't my plan that wasn't my like you know my goal was to i wanted to actually be an expert and to continue to maintain that um, yeah. and I didn't want to do everything that has to do with Amazon. Uh, I like doing certain things like strategy and advertising and different things, but there's sure. a whole lot that goes into it. I need to build yeah. a team. And so yeah. I've been building a team that 
with our combined knowledge, we stay up to date on everything that's changing every single day. Uh, I love it because I just couldn't do it on my own. So it's, it's like yeah. taking, you know, as far as salary goes and investments and time and challenges, sure. It's way harder to have a team. Um, but when I knew what I wanted my end goal to be, it then created my decisions happening in the day to day. And I, and I've told people this, you know, as long as I've been doing this, uh, that to me being a good leader, being a CEO, being a founder, uh, being an entrepreneur, the, my, my job description is every single day is making decisions and, uh, making decisions mm -hmm. and reprioritizing what, what I need to work on yeah. every single day. And I do a whole lot of things to make decision-making easier, whether it's logic-based decisions, whether it's, uh, making sure my, yeah. I'm in alignment <clears throat> in my heart, my soul, uh, so that I can trust my gut. Um, I spend a whole lot of my time improving sure. the areas that help me around decision making and priority prioritizing. Um, those that that's what I focus on to get the most out of you know my time and what I think my actual job description is as as a leader of a company. Um, any, anyway, I know I know we've gone a little bit long, Zane. I think. Uh, I think everything you said there is absolute gold and I know you're stressed about getting on today. I really appreciate you sharing your story um, and just letting us know, like, you know, what's the path to, um, you know, being a musician in 2020, going from a band to having, you know, multiple successful uh, projects and getting 20 legs on a table. Um, all super huge. I know it's not the last time uh, I'll have you on, but it sure is the first time. Uh, everybody listening, once again, shout out to our sponsor, uh, Global Entrepreneur Week. Remember, it's November 17th through the 19th here in Kansas City um, for the Prime Days, but it's actually 16th through the 20th for the whole event. Uh, Global Entrepreneur Week, Global Entrepreneur Week KC is here in Kansas City. Um, but I know that anyone else listening, maybe look it up in your city. Your city might have something going on around a similar time as well. Uh, I know that I've seen, I've gotten flyers and invites from different cities. So go there, uh, sign up, uh, you can schedule your events. Everything's virtual this year, which honestly might be a huge win because last year they had us all over the city. So I'm pumped that uh, I'm going to be able to make it to all the classes that I want to, um, and really be able to participate and give back to the city. Zane, thanks for being on the show. Um, let's connect about that lunch. Dude, I love you. Dude, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Sorry, I was cutting out there at the end, so I was trying to manage it. But, dude, thank you so much. Love you. Support you. Still chat again. Yes, sir. Dude, be well, man. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time. We do it.